Welcome to the Cyrus community. This is Business Unusual. We continue with our Kingdom Conversation because like we have always said, it is our responsibility to keep the conversations going. We know that Babylon is not bothered with Kingdom Conversation, yet the Kingdom Conversation is what changes our environment, changes us, and changes everything that we touch. Now, we've been talking about the power to create wealth. That's the word in the house, the power to create wealth. But in this power to create wealth, we've reached another phase where now we are talking about occupying the land. So it is like you're on a journey. God has given you this broad word, but in the word, there are phases that you enter in every space. Now, in this space, we are talking about occupying the land. And in our last broadcast, we looked at how it is that we can, conf we can have confidence of the reality that the blessing of Abraham, the blessing of Abraham belongs to us. Now, we ended with Paul qualifying it for the avoidance of doubt because we do not want to sit and say this was meant for a specific people. This was meant for a people out there, not for us. It's almost like we are forcing ourselves into this pro, uh, prophetic word. But you know what? When you look at Galatians chapter 3, we read that last time. We saw that as many as were baptized into Christ and have put on Christ, as many of you, if you've been baptized into Christ, and what does that mean? It talks about being immersed into Christ. It talks about being soaked into Christ. It's almost like you're being told, get into the word, take the word of God, and let that word change you such that when people look at you, they see the principles, the nature, the character of Christ in you. So as many of you who are baptized or they have been continued to be soaked, to be immersed in the word and you're taking on the nature of Christ, in that position, you are a partaker of the promise. When you talk about such a people, there's neither Jew no Greek, we're talking about no slave, no free, we're talking about no male, no female, so you cannot come and say, because I'm a Jew, I'm the partaker of this promise. Because I'm a Greek, I'm not sure, but I have to force myself away. The Bible is already telling you there's no Jew, there's no Greek, there's no male, no female, no slave, no free, there's no, all these things, as long as we partake of the word of God, we become one in Christ Jesus. I love what verse um, 29 says, that if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. We looked at that last time. If you're Christ, then you're Abraham's seed. Now, Abraham came in to give us a pattern of how these things work. Because when Christ comes and we are told that Christ is the seed of Abraham, Abraham doesn't have seeds. He has seed, and that is Christ. Now, we get into Christ, and we become the partakers of what God had spoken to Abraham. And of course with that we become heirs according to the promise. Now when we talk about being heirs according to the promise, it's talking about us taking on inheritance given to us by God himself. There's a word God has spoken. There's a word God has said. And we saw that that word says that this covenant, this word I'm giving you is eternal. It's for generation. So in our generation at TCC, when we come and say we're in a season to experience God's power to create wealth, we come and say God is taking us to a land. In this land that he has given us, there are promises that he has made. These promises were given to Abraham, but because we became Christ, we became partakers of the seed of the promise that God gave Abraham. 
all right so we continue with this occupying the land and today we want to finish this journey of understanding that we are a partakers of that which was spoken to abraham if we do not get that as our foundation we do not remove any prejudice we do not remove any hindrance we do not remove anything that makes us think we are not partakers of that promise then it would be hard for us to occupy the land that is where before we define the land before we talk about entering the land we must come to a place of confidence that we are partakers of this promise that we are the ones who are meant to inherit that land we are the ones who are coming to complete the forefathers so this evening let's put on our thinking cap let's put on our safety belts. As we continue with our conversation, there still remains the lingering question as to why there's still a disconnect for us between this knowledge and the realization of this truth at a practical level. And that is what we want to look at now. That wait a minute, how do we take that truth? And when I look at my life, I can tell that I'm already starting to walk in the truth yes. that God has already spoken. You know what is actually interesting, and why I love Paul? Mm -hmm. One, not just because he's a Jew, giving him the rights to make this statement. Yes. Because he's also um, well-schooled oh, yes. in the law. Mm -hmm. So he was able to separate the law from the promise, mm. which gives us the foundation on which we're operating. So this is not our opinion. Yes. We are not... Gentiles trying to argue our way. Yes, I think the one thing for me today, today's conversation must remove completely. Yes. We yes. are not trying to force ourselves no. on a promise that was given to another. No. Paul is bringing clarity on yes. what the promise was for mm -hmm. and what we missed. So yes, the disconnect exists, but fortunately, Paul continues to address this in the next chapter. Okay, And that's the power of this whole conversation. He's so articulate, he breaks down the stronghold that we've all misunderstood, bewitched. Mm. Then he brings clarity and says, now here's a problem. Even with that whole knowledge I've given you, there's certain aspects which if you don't deal with, mm. you will not fully yes. enter into what I am saying. Mm. And we find this in Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 to 7. Now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he's master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of this world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Now, Paul in this context now is bringing home Mm -hmm. The reality. Basically, remember he was addressing Galatians, and we can put ourselves in that context. Yes. He was addressing a group of people who began in the spirit, received Christ, oh, yes. entered the reality of the kingdom, but are not walking in that reality. Yes. Are not walking in the promises, and if anything, now they want to try and go back into Jewish culture to mm. access the promise. I think they were behaving like us, or rather we are behaving like them. Yes. <laughs> so now, Paul 
We are going to look at the key issues Paul has raised in this Galatians 4. Yes, he's talking about heirs, yes. he's talking about a yes. child, yes. he's talking about a slave. These uh -huh. are words that we need to exactly. understand. Exactly, and we need grasp. to expand them yes. so that we put into context what Paul is saying in a manner that activates us. Mm. Alright? Yes. So this is not for knowledge, this is for function. Mm. So when I understand who a child is, yes. I look at my life exactly. and say that this is what Paul is telling you. Yes. If you remain like this, yes. you cannot enter. You will not access, mm. even though... Even you own though everything. You own, that's the sad part. <laughs> you have ownership of yes. the promise, mm -hmm. but you are not accessing or walking in the promise. And I think this is one thing I want to emphasize here. Here, we are not discussing trying to enter the promise. Mm -hmm. We are in the promise, but we are not functioning in the benefits of the promise. Stop there. <laughs> Let's talk about that and give us that perspective where you're saying, yes. wait, you're not trying to access. No. We're not fighting to get into yes. something. Please talk so about this it. So this is, God, Paul is addressing those who are in Christ. He's addressing those who, in our language, are born again. Mm. He's addressing those who, in our language, have accepted that God is their father. Mm. You notice why we keep emphasizing at TCC, knowing God as your father. Yes, yes. See, if you know God as your father, then you understand who you are as a son. This is the picture. So, let's settle that. We like saying we are believers, we are sons of God. Those things are nice. We mm. sing the songs. We do everything. <laughs> but have we ever experienced the reality? Okay, so using that as a context, this is an address to you who is already part of the kingdom, but you are not benefiting at all. And you have fallen for the idea that you'll benefit one day. Mm. So you said something here. Yes. This scripture yes. was meant for believers. Exactly. Not non-believers. Yes. Meaning are people who are in Christ, but mm -hmm. they have not identified their place there in that go. kingdom. Yes. You have not come to this place of connecting yes. with, your, with your identity. Exactly. So it's like God is saying, you are my son. Absolutely. Most of the time, do you know what we do? We say that he is our father. I have come to know God as my father, yes. but you have not known yourself as his son. There you go. You get the difference? So he begins to use certain terms. Yeah. The first term he uses is a heir, an heir, an heir. Who is an heir? Mm. An heir is a person who receives an inheritance not who has been promised okay wait <laughs> okay uh, one who has been who receives who receives that's a context being used here mm. the, the the context in english that we know of an heir is yes. one who is waiting for their father to mm. die but in christ is one who has received and let wow. us even assume you are to receive it because the person <laughs> who you are receiving from died he did mm. That's why Christ died. Christ died that means so that the inheritance can be activated. Here, yes. in the earth, in, now. Yes. It, listen, mm. he died here, he rose again here. That should tell you something. Meaning he's rising yes. to confirm, yes. listen, that which I have already died for yes. must come to pass. Exactly, that you and may receive. And he rises up to, for you to know. To establish it here. Here. So it's not in the earth. where he went. Mm. It is here. It's here. One who receives... Yes. His inheritance, yes. not one who is waiting exactly. for his inheritance. Exactly. And one who receives it by right of sonship. Mm. Please mm. notice the right. The right is not skill. Mm. The right not is not achievement. The right is relationship. By the right of sonship. We've just heard, therefore you are sons of God. Mm -hmm. That is why it's so, so key to go back to the issue of do I know him yes. as my father? Yes. Because if you talk about one who possesses by the right of being a son, yes. 
You're saying that I have already known him as a father. Exactly. I have embraced it. Yes. I have accepted it. And now I'm a son of God and I know I need to receive my inheritance. Correct. Mm -hmm. Therefore, in reality, yeah. what Galatians 4, the first part is really telling us, mm. is you can't use, and if you, if you come from Galatians 3, 28 and 29, basically Paul is saying, you cannot make the claim of being a son of God without the proof of inheritance. Mm. Do you see that? Yes. You can't say I'm a son of God, yet there is no proof of inheritance. And your inheritance is not heaven. Mm -hmm. It's here, it's now. It's eternal life, which we spent time talking about. It's everlasting life. It is living. Jesus said, I came that you might have life mm -hmm. and that you might have it abundantly. Have here. So abundant now, life is the proof there's something of inheritance. Just said. There's something you've just said. Yes. That that scripture we talk about John ten ten we talk yes. about Jesus saying the mm. the the devil the the, um, yeah, the thief comes, comes to kill steal and destroy yes. but I come yes. so that I give you life and that you may have it abundantly. Notice how we know how the thief comes to steal that one we are clear to of. kill and the, and we always know he comes to steal to kill Material and destroy things. now <laughs> in the now. In my life, but I don't believe that Jesus is giving me the same same scripture. Me, I came to give you life in abundance. Yes, that I have to think, fight, and almost wonder if I'll get that. So, can we use mm -hmm. the same John ten ten mm -hmm. to understand abundant life? Yes, because if the devil came to kill, steal, steal and, and destroy, destroy, what did he come to steal? Mm -hmm. What did he come to kill, kill and destroy? So we know one aspect is life. Okay? Yeah. Physical life. But the other two are material. Mm. <laughs> because otherwise that's repeating yourself. Kill yeah. is the yes. life. Yes. You're killing the life of God in our past. Exactly. To but steal to steal is to take to away something that belongs to me. Material. To destroy something I own. Then Jesus says, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Mm -hmm. Means you should have life, the one he came to kill, mm -hmm. and you'd have the things he stole. Mm. He should return your goods. If we talk about in a season where we must be found under our vine yes. and under our fig tree, that applies. Yes. Now, what is the devil up to? The only thing the devil wants to is to make sure the yes. branch is disconnected from that's the vine it. because the minute you dis disconnect, that branch Does dies. Not so that's how you kill. That's it. By disconnecting yes. you from the life of God, exactly. by disconnecting you from the promises of God, from the life of Christ. Yes. But on the other hand, the minute I, dis I disconnect you, yes. the Bible talks about, all it says in the same uh, John, yes. that when you are disconnected from the vine, you can do nothing. There you go. Steal, kill, and destroy. Disconnection is the key. Mm. So, remember the words we are explaining, we are using them in the context, in the Greek context of how the terms that Paul used. Yes. So that we stay within the meaning. So, we, we, we looked at one aspect of air. Which we said is one who has acquired, mm. Mm. one who has received what he was given, one who, one who has who is in possession by right of sonship, and mm. one who has acquired or obtained that portion. Mm. In other words, when we say an heir in this context, we're talking about somebody who is who you meet and you can say, "Hey, yes, he has received." This is a this one is a prince. Yes. In other <laughs> in other terms, in natural order, if it was land, you now own it. The mm. title is in your name. Yes. That's the principle. That is what is called inheritance. Mm. So Paul is saying, an heir. So he's what? An heir established. Mm -hmm. That one is established. We are clear. Nobody is fighting yes. that. 
There's a problem. Yes. What is the problem? As long as he's a child. He has a problem. Let's talk about his child. <laughs> Can you first define the child? <laughs> you know, I, I always like the, the, the Greek term for this because it points to something that we know. Mm-hmm. It's a term, nepios. The child. Nepios. Nappies. Child. Helpless. Mm. Meaning an infant. Mm. A little child. A minor. Mm. One who is not yet of, of age. Mm. One who is childish. One who is untaught and unskilled. Those are my mm. keywords. Mm. Stop. Let's go back to the child. Yes. When we talk about being a child, yes. we are not talking about age. No. We are not saying your uh, 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 this one is three years old. No. In the natural, we are saying in the spirit. Yes. This is a child. Yes. And I love your definition. Yes. Untaught. Yep. Unskilled. Unskilled. And childish. Childish. <laughs> so when I Simple. look at my life, I ask myself, this is a metaphor. Uh, am I childish? Yes. Am I untaught? Yes. Am I unskilled? Uh-huh. Therefore, I'll yes. fall under the category of exactly. a child. Now here's the problem mm. Paul is saying. Mm. You're an heir, mm. but what's keeping you out of your inheritance is childishness. Mm. What's keeping you out is you're untaught. What's keeping you is you're unskilled, meaning mm. you are not yet qualified. To walk in the To handle what is actually yours. So, the sad thing that he says about this is because of that behavior, you are now no different from a slave. Here's a problem. Now, before we go to the slave, let's go back <laughs> to this child because this this issue of being childish, yes. being untaught, yes. being unskilled yes. are things that we have to say, TCC, I have to go through these three things and say, mm-hmm. I must undo them in my life. There you in go. the sense of, yes. I have to look and say, I am growing out of childishness, yes. untaught, yes. and unskilled. Exactly. Now, we said that there were key components in the promises that God gave Abraham. Mm-hmm. One of them is God said, I will bless you. Mm-hmm. God will bless you. you. And then he says, number two, mm. you will, will become be a blessing. There you go. I think you need to talk about That's that. a serious matter. because <laughs> So that we understand yes. when you talk about being a child. Yes. Which means God says he will bless me. Mm-hmm. But he gives me the responsibility to mm-hmm. be a blessing. Mm-hmm. So when you say you will become a blessing, yes. don't wait for uh, don't, you will become a blessing. Don't wait yeah. for God to, m- to come and do something in your no. life for you to become. In other words, God That's is saying because you are now an heir, mm. you are representing me. Mm-hmm. You have the choice and the, the the you have the power of decision. Yes, the power of decision means mm-hmm. can we stop this interesting concept we like that. We are waiting for God to lead us on who to give. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that now... That is a child. That's a child. God, tell me what to do with this. You've not grown. Unless you grow into when you know what responsibility is. Mm. You don't need to be told. Mm. You can discern. In other words, your reasoning. If I'm a son of God, the word son also means representative. Mm-hmm. What would God have me do in this situation? Mm. Not God, what should I do? There's so when difference. you talk about you will be a blessing, yes. it's because you have been taught. Yeah. 
You've been now you have understanding. Now yes. you know as a son of God, I need to be a blessing to somebody else. Why? God says, I, God, yes. will bless you. In fact, once, sorry, once you're blessed, yes. now you exactly. will be so taught and understand the word and know that I need to be a blessing. Yes. That one you don't need to be told by anyone. Exactly. Yeah. And you will see why that becomes important in the same issues of the things we are looking at. Mm. So, the, 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 uh, we are, we are going to come to an understanding as we unpack this, how do you shift from being a child to actually functioning as what? An heir. But remember right now, if you are not accessing, it's better to be understanding that I must be a child. Yes. In that field. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're in that state, externally, what does your state look like? Mm -hmm. So, you be, if you're not a child... You're a slave. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So... Though you are a child in the family, you are no different. Notice the term? Different. Is no mm. different. You are mm. similar mm. to a slave. Meaning, an outsider cannot distinguish the oh, child and the slave. And the slave. So we have a kingdom of <laughs> citizens of heaven yes. where we are all claiming God is our father. We yes. are supposed to be sons. But when outsiders look at us yes. and they look at a slave, yes. they cannot tell the difference. No and difference. maybe we need to define yeah. who is a slave so yeah. that you understand when we say an outsider cannot tell the difference yes. between a child, the, the son in the house, yes. and a slave. Thank you. Tell us who's the a slave. The status of a slave, mm -hmm. number one, is that a slave has no future. A slave only works for today. Mm. A slave works for his food mm. and his bed. Oh, food and bed. That's it. That's what he does. That is his activity. Yeah. Yet, his activity profits another. Mm. Interesting. One who works for his food yes. and his bed and yes. has no future. Now, let's talk about having no future. Yeah. There's nothing you're looking forward for to. to. Yeah. A slave doesn't have a vision. Yeah. A slave cannot go and tell the master, by the way. Exactly. I saw something. And in the vision, I saw myself becoming nothing. My friend, there's no future. Yes. Now, question when we look at our lives, mm -hmm. do we see a hopeful future? Exactly. Do we see a future that is good? Yes. Do we see something that makes us wake up for tomorrow? Do, do we you see believe something tomorrow will cool be better? Us? Yes. Do you believe tomorrow will be better? Mm. Do you believe things will change? Yeah. If you don't, it's called slave mentality. Mm. That's a, that's a tomorrow. Yeah, you can't even see tomorrow. <laughs> Things don't You listen Why? today. I want today. Listen, the slave mentality is the one that says, uh, that thing you're telling me about inheritance. Yes. Let's deal about food today. Exactly. Let's deal about bed. Let me know where I will sleep, what I will drink today. Now here's the I'm metaphor. I'm not bothered about your... Now here's, here's the metaphor. Mm -hmm. When you tell a slave to do work, any kind of work, he has no interest in the profit of that work. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> He has no interest in the posterity of that work because mm. it has no connection with him. He only wants to know, if I do this, will I eat? Mm. Will I sleep? Mm. I don't care what this is about. You won't even pay attention to it. Let me ask you a question. When you take a slave to yes. a cocoa or a coffee farm yes. or a tea farm, yes. does he care about what happens product. to this product no. after I pick it and hand it over? He doesn't even want to know, by the way, what did you do after exactly. I brought it? Why are you telling us to pick it? Why are you telling yes. us to pick this coffee when it turns this particular color and yes. not this? Yes. He is not bothered with details. Exactly. And what, me is, for today. what is one of the reasons? He says, after all, oh. what will come out of here hmm. is for the children of the owner. Not for me. 
Not for me. Not for me. Wow. See the mentality. Wow. And he has no rights. Mm. Mm. In other words, go left, left. Go right, right. Sit, sleep, wake up. I don't up, care what you back. feel like. I don't care. Oh. That is the work of a slave. So One basically, no the picture Paul is giving us mm. is mm. this. He's saying, this is the bewitched scenario. Mm. The bewitched scenario is a metaphor of a rich man who has sons, but his sons are functioning in his field like slaves. Mm. Because they don't acquire any skills, they don't want to grow up, they don't want to learn anything mm. new, they don't want to expand their capacity, because they say, what is the point? Because they don't know this is their farm. Mm. You know, when you go back and say <laughs> that um, a slave is one who works exactly. for food and for bed, yes. If you think about it and you say that one who does not, who profits another, not themselves. Yes. Notice how when you talk about profitability, mm -hmm. that is one key statement that God has given us the last two years. Yes. Are you profitable? When you talk about increase Thank and expansion, you. it's profitability. When we talk about you entering a place where you'll experience the power to create wealth, yes. power to create wealth is profitability. Exactly. There's a difference between just earning enough for food mm -hmm. and for bed. And that's why when you go back to some of the discussions we've had before, we said that there are some people, when you talk about being poor, is somebody who cannot make ends meet. Yes. It's somebody who is struggling to make ends meet. Yes. We are back again. Yep. That's a slave mentality. Slave. You are str struggling. Yeah. And, and on this, let, let me give you a picture mm -hmm. to help you think of how to break out of a slave mentality. Okay. All right? First, let's look at the negative. The negative is what, the, what is the ultimate dream of a slave? To end this life. Mm. That's the ultimate dream. Always looking forward to a better something. Where can I get a better something? A better, if, if, if this can end, so metaphorically, what are we looking out for? Mm -hmm. Heaven. Mm. This life is too much. Too much pain here. Mm. Too much sorrow. And with no benefit, with no future. Let's get out of here. And that is why slaves in the kingdom, when you talk about the sons of God being slaves, yes. is where they are always looking forward to heaven. Yes. Because heaven, there's no master who is going to do, make them exactly. live the way they are living. Somebody has promised them inheritance in go. heaven, not that's in the it. earth. Somebody has promised them expansion that's in it. heaven, not in the earth. Yeah. And that's why you find the body of Christ always talking about we are going somewhere else. Somewhere better than in here. In that place is better than here. That Somebody comes from the you. mind of a slave. Of a slave. Alright? Yeah. Now let's take the same negative and turn it mm. into a positive. Yeah. Imagine that slave mm -hmm. who has been working on one acre as a slave yes. with no rights and no future. Mm -hmm. And the owner comes and tells him, by the way, this mm. is now your inheritance. Oh, this is your place. This tell is yours. Tell me how the slave will change. Oh. Tell me what he will do with that <laughs> land. Tell me how profitable it will become. Oh, yes. Tell me how much of a future it will have. How much joy. Thank you. Tell me he the stories have. he will tell his children. Mm. Mm. Do you see the immediate shift? That's what we're dealing with Actually, right now. Actually, the minute you shift that, the yes. minute you shift the perspective, yes. the first thing that is created in the slave is joy. Yes. That's the one thing that yes. a slave doesn't have. Absolutely. There's no slave who can tell you, listen, my life is full of joy. Yes. Only, you know when you talk of slaves, eh? mm. the only joy we have is, um, I don't know whether to call it spiritual, Something you cannot touch. Yeah. I am joyful that I'm going to heaven. Actually, I am joyful that I will meet my father. Can, my... can we be honest? Yeah? That is not joy. Yes. That is usually PR to avoid mm. the present problem. That's what. I, that's actually what I'm looking for. Because yes, we, when we, we say we are joyful, we don't actually don't. Mean in fact, it. we even say it hoping we don't offend God and oh. He cancels our ticket <laughs> to heaven. Yes. So we have this mentality of I'm going to another place. My yes. destination is heaven. Yeah. 
And in heaven, notice one thing the, the, the church has. Let me use the word church here when I talk about slaves. Notice the church has only one good thing they always say. When we go to heaven, we rest. What there will be no more tears. No more tears. What does that That's tell a you? Of a slave. No more toil. What does that tell you? What is this that you're doing in the earth that causes so much toil that it causes so much your, pain your, your that eternal? You I want to just go. Only a slave. Oh. Only a slave behaves like that. A son wants to expand the territory. A slave wants to exit the territory. Oh, say that again. <laughs> <laughs> a son wants to expand the territory. Mm. A slave wants to exit the territory. Mm. Remember, we are talking to TCC, we are asking yeah. ourselves, are you hearing yourself? Are you hearing something that is telling me, by the way, if you ask me, I want to exit. Yes. Are you in this place where you feel like, I want to expand this territory? Yes. I want to occupy this land. I want to go in and perform. I want to do in the earth, not out of the earth. Exactly. Do we have that mentality? That tells go. us whether we are sons or, or slaves. slaves. But thank God yeah. we said something. Yeah. Those who have put on Christ, those who have been baptized or continuously are being changed. We are being changed. And you know what? As we get changed like that, yes. our internal starts saying, I belong here. I move from slave I to child, to, to, child to, son. to son. Yes. And the son comes to another whole dimension called air, which we've discussed. Mm. But ultimately, what is the structure of an air. Mm -hmm. Same mm -hmm. story. Paul is talking. He's he always given us words. There's, there's now the, the fourth dimension where he says, mm -hmm. you, this is your actual reality. This is what we are trying mm -hmm. to get you to understand. Mm -hmm. Yes. So coming from an, an uh, you're not, you're supposed to be an heir. Yes. You're not. Yeah. You are childish, you which to, leads you to become a slave. Live. But go, uh, Paul is telling you, listen, you are meant to be a master of all. Not master, just a master of all. And yes. I have to give you the Greek word for master. Mm. Curious. That word master is such a weighty word. Curious. Curious. Mm -hmm. The first basic connotation of it is owner. Owner. Of all. Of everything. Mm -hmm. That word is so powerful. It means one, one to whom a thing belongs. And let me make it worse. One to whom even a person can belong. Mm -hmm. in, the, in, in, in the days of, of, the, of Paul, the curious, the Lord... Please notice the term. Mm. The owner owned even people. Mm. In other words, he, yeah. he had the power of decision. When he makes a decision, it affects people. When you talk of slaves in those days, yes. the slave belonged to the master. Exactly. So the contrast Paul is putting here mm. is you're weird. You're acting like the slave when you should be the master. You're on the wrong end of the stick. <laughs> you're misunderstanding who you are. Yes. It means the one who has the right and power of deciding, and I like this word, means possessor who has the power to dispose of a thing. Listen. Okay. There is power of ownership yes. and power of uh, disposing. Mm. What we said earlier, God will bless you and you will be a blessing. You have the power to mm. dispose of a thing. And remember what we said, mm. when you become generous, when you now come and say, I am quote-unquote, yes. blessing a brother or a yes. sister, you're actually elevating their problem. You're exactly. actually taking them out yes. of their problem yes. and lifting them to the new place. Exactly. You must be a master to do that. Exactly. Where you look at and say, around me, mm -hmm. there's no one who is going to remain a slave. I'm yes. going to do what it takes yeah. to make sure my brother, my sister will come out of this. But you can only do that when God himself exactly. has blessed you and you become a And blessing. I'm telling you, this term was so powerful. It was the same term used for the Roman Emperor. It was the same term used. It, it was a title of honor and respect. Mm. So when you're told master, 
That's why Jesus uses the same term, yes. curious. You cannot mm. have two curious. Oh, you cannot have two masters. Two masters. Yes. God or oh, mammon. mammon. Same structure. Mm-hmm. That's the power of it, which means within the environment God has placed you, literally you have got executive authority. Mm-hmm. So, basically, people should be describing you as a master of that territory. Mm-hmm. You're the one who is the, 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 the ultimate functionality representing God in that environment. So, you know, th- this actually implies not just a status of ownership. So, let's, let's kind of put a context to what Paul is saying. Okay. Paul is saying that even though now he's giving us our status called bewitched and how to deal with it. <laughs> he's saying even though you have a status of ownership through inheritance, because you are still untaught and mm. unskilled, you will function as a slave instead of a master. Mm. I'll say that again. Just re- <laughs> paraphrasing that same scripture yes. in a way we can understand. Yes. That whole thing we've read, Galatians 4, 1 to 7, mm-hmm. basically is saying even though you have a status of ownership through inheritance, that's who you are. Okay. But the problem is because you are still untaught and unskilled in that reality, mm. you will function at the level of a slave instead of as a master. Mm. And that's what he calls being placed at the mercy of the elements, elements. of the world. Mm. So let's go back to those three words. Yes. Childish, yes. untaught, yeah. unskilled. Yes. Now, if you come, like uh, we, we've taught this before, mm. that if you read from left to from right to left. Yes. And talk about I'm unskilled. Yes. Why? Because I am untaught. There Therefore, I behave childish. Simple. To change all that. Do you see yes. where I need to go? Now, do you understand the power of the word of God? There you go. Because the word of God is the word. When you talk about being taught, we're not talking yes. about going to school mm-hmm. in the school that, as we understand no. it. Only the word of God can come yes. and change this situation. Uh-huh. When you talk about being bewitched. Yes. Uh, you have to be skilled yes. because you are taught uh-huh. and therefore you are no longer childish. Exactly. You become the heir that you are supposed to be That's what and a happens. master of yes. all. So Paul is basically then saying, outside of that, this status called a slave mm-hmm. is also the status called being in bondage to the elements of this world. <laughs> what are the elements of this world? Now to understand that, we have to go to another scripture where Paul properly breaks down the elements. Same term mm-hmm. in the Greek skoeita. He breaks it down now with the meaning. Then when you bring it here, it connects so powerfully. You say, okay, so that's where I'm stuck. The elements of, of this, this world. world. And to do that, you have to go to Colossians chapter 2 verse 8. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. Mm-hmm. According to the tradition of men. According to the basic elements or principles of the world. And not according to Christ. Here we are. Hmm. So what are the elements of this world? Philosophy. Empty deceit according to the traditions of men. Hmm. That's what he calls the basic elements of this world. Yes. Meaning, concepts and ideas developed by people, that's what we call the seven mountains. Hmm. As long as... Doctrines of men. He says, let no one cheat you. Some versions say, deceive you. Hmm. So, philosophy... Concepts. I mean, all of us know one of the philosophies. It's called evolution. <laughs> How many of us were built off of that concept? What does that do instead of according to the to Christ? Mm. So in other words, Christ, being in Christ, deals with 
these philosophies, mm. deals with empty deceit, deals with the traditions of men, deals mm. with the basic principles. In other words, the things that you were taught in culture, those are the elements. Those things keep you a child. Mm. Those things lock you out of your inheritance. Mm. And those things make you a slave. There you go. Mm. And that's why there's a place in, um, I think, was it, is it in Ephesians, where Paul says, you were blinded and you are in bondage to this world mm. until Christ. Christ opens your eyes. Mm. Now, to remedy this whole issue, Paul doesn't just tell you the problem, he tells you the solution. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he says, now you know. Okay? You know. You are a master. You are an heir, according to every promise you've had us talk about from Abraham. He says, this is who you are. Mm. Problem. You are still in Christ, but the current problem is that you're a child. And what has kept you a child? You're still full of philosophies, traditions, mm. and principles that came from that environment. Mm -hmm. So what is God's model? He says he places you under tutors and governors, and governors whose primary assignment mm. is to reconnect you to him through Christ. <laughs> okay. Because you see, when yes. you talk about be having tutors and governors, yes. we must ask ourselves, for what? Because yes. it's God telling you, you're placed under tutors and governors. Yes. For what? Yes. So Paul is mm -hmm. using, if you go and study the, the Greek nobles, because God, Paul is using a picture that is in everybody's mind. Under the Greek nobles is a very strange model they used. Okay. And even the Romans. What would happen is that they would have their children who are supposed to inherit. Mm. Okay? What they would do, they would get tutors in different fields to come in. They would get a musician, they would get whatever they believe would bring this child up to ah. take over from them. Mm. Right? And they would be taught all these concepts and be taught until a time came when they were ready to take over from their parents. What is interesting, some of the tutors and governors they got were from other nations. Mm. Very interesting. Some, there are slaves who chose to be permanent slaves. Yes. They chose to stay. Mm -hmm. This is also a metaphor for the kingdom. When Paul says, I am a bond slave so, yeah. to God. Mm. The principle was, there are people who had great skills. When they came into the house of a great man, and he offered them their freedom, they said, I don't want freedom. I want to become part of the family. So he was kept in the family because of his skill, but he was no longer a slave. Mm. He was a slave by choice. Yes. He was no longer treated as a slave. He had the status of family. You see the principle? Mm. Now, Paul is telling you here, the reason God has sent out sent ones, the priest in office, is to tutor you and govern you. Let me explain those two terms. Govern is not control. Mm. You may want to explain what govern is. Yeah. Govern is to manage power. Hmm. To show you how to properly use it. It is not to stop you from using it. Hmm. Tutor, remember? Untaught, unskilled. The tutor gives you skill and teaches you. Mm -hmm. But the governing tells you the jurisdiction of function. Hmm. So that you do not recklessly use the authority and power you've been given. Wow. Gives you the context in which God operates. Right in Genesis, God tutored Adam, mm -hmm. told him you can eat everything, mm -hmm. then governed him. Mm. Of this tree, do not eat. Do not. That's a principle. So you see it from the beginning. Yes. And you're talking about that these tutors and governors, yes. their primary assignment yes. is to reconnect us to, to God through 
Christ yes. through his word. Yes. Now, how are you baptized in Christ? Mm -hmm. By tutoring and governing. Now, the, the, the word baptized, the baptizo, mm -hmm. you, you alluded to it earlier, yes. is actually explained in this way. When you take a certain product and say, I want this product to take on the nature of the liquid. Okay. It is the principle, mm -hmm. the nature. Yes. To do that, I will immerse it. And I will keep immersing it until it changes its constitution and becomes like what it is immersed in. in. Yes. So being baptized in Christ is not being baptized in water. So being baptized in water is just a picture. It's a picture of being baptized in Christ. It's so a symbol. Does that mean there are many people who are baptized in water mm. but not in Christ? Absolutely. Because when Jesus says, go ye into all the world, yes. baptize the nations. In my name, not in water. Not in water. So there's a difference between baptism in water yes. and in Christ. Baptizing in his name, baptizing in Christ is immersing you in the revelation of who he is and who you are. Mm -hmm. Until the slave becomes an heir. Mm -hmm. That's the journey of baptism. And when you so as you Christ, said, yes. there are many people who are baptized in water and not in Christ. Mm -hmm. There are many who are baptized in Christ and were never baptized in water. Mm -hmm. Because when you talk about being baptized in Christ, yes. we are talking about being immersed in the word. Yes. Because when he said, um, baptizing all the nations and yes. teaching them yes. all what I have commanded. Exactly. You, you are immersing them in my word, in yes. my principles. Like you said, if you talk of philosophies, yes. they are coming from philosophies of men. Exactly. Deceit. Yes. Traditions Ideas. of men. So the more you baptize, baptize them yes. in Christ. Yeah. Because wow. most of us have been baptized in culture. Mm. We have been, been baptized in philosophy. I think if you talk about that yeah. one of the way you say it, yeah. take a sponge yes. and dip it in water yes. and see how that sponge takes the nature of what exactly. it has been baptized. When you press it, what comes out? What is baptized in? What is baptized in? That's now, when, when your pressure comes, what comes out of you? That's what when pressure, in. what is pressure? When you're pressed together, yeah. what comes out of you? Is it the word? Have you been baptized in the word? So, we are talking about that being reconnected to God through Christ, through yes. his word, that they march on. Exactly. Yes. I love your example of when you're pressed. Mm -hmm. In other words, when crisis comes, what comes mm. out, hope mm. or despair, mm. it's a sign of what you're baptized in. in. Wow. How do you interpret pressure? Mm. How do you interpret the outcome? Mm. It depends on what you're immersed in. How do you interpret this journey? Yeah. When God comes to us and says, listen, like Abraham, yes. the way I gave him a promise, yes. that promise we have said, in our day, it has the same intensity. Mm -hmm. Question, how do you interpret it? Yes. You can only interpret through what you've been immersed in. If you've been immersed in the world and the ways of the world, the philosophies and doctrines of men, you will interpret it in that same way. You will not be able to believe that God is telling you there's an inheritance and I am leading you to that place. There you go. But if you're in taught yes. and you're skilled, yes. you'll be able to take that word. Exactly. Meditate on it yes. and say, listen, I can see the light. I can see the destination. You know, picture this. It just mm -hmm. came to my mind mm -hmm. that normally if you meet the son of an important individual mm -hmm. out there and you have a confrontation with him, what is the first question he asks you? Do you know who I am? Mm, identity. He's so clear that based on who he is, you don't have the right or the capacity <laughs> to query his functionality. Mm. 
I think you've heard us in TCC. Every time we talk, we talk of identity. Yes. Knowing your identity as a yeah. son of God. Do you know that? Do you know your rights? Do you know that as a son of God, this should not happen to me? You know, you know our, our common, because in TCC, all of us in leadership, we have some core issues in the pastoral team that are natural to us. Mm. So when you say the term identity, Henry, I have to say this. You think Henry. <laughs> Henry cannot have a conversation with you and not raise our identity. And it's Christ. because... It's because he knows... He that knows it's what such that means. A, it's such a reality mm. in his life. Actually, that's the word. Reality. It's such a reality that he can't think any other way. It's not a teaching. No. It's a reality. It, it, it's an internal thing that's already structured mm. in how he operates. And that so is... That's us. what we mean about the in kingdom. TCC, that's yes. how we think. Mm. And uh, listen, any teaching anywhere that doesn't reconnect you to your father needs to be queried. Because Paul goes on to say in the same scripture, he says, therefore the Holy Spirit connects us to our father. You see, most of us are excited with the infilling of the Holy Spirit and we've never discussed the connection with our father. The Holy Spirit is to connect us. That's why sometimes mm. what is called the Holy Spirit, when you see the activity and the manifestation, mm. Mm. you have to question, where is my father there? So you're saying every time you're being taught, remember yes. you're talking about a child being taught yes. so that they can become an heir yes. and master of all. Yes. When the teaching is leading you towards another and not God, your yes. father, then that Where means there's something wrong. When the teaching is leading you to blessings, yeah. material increase, yes, but this is an outcome, nothing to do with the father. And, and especially, Give an example on that yeah, one. Especially mm -hmm. when any teaching creates a scenario that tells you you need to do one, two, three for the blessing to come. Mm. There is a problem. Yes. Inheritance cannot be worked for. Mm. Mm. You don't work for inheritance. But when you have inheritance, you can distribute. Mm. Can we understand the two oh, yes. aspects? Mm -hmm. See, the wrong teaching is access your inheritance with a token. Pay for it. Mm. Pay a down Give payment. Something. Do something. The down payment was called the Holy Spirit. Mm. He came into us and we already accessed our father. Mm. Now, our problem, your problem in accessing resources is not your lack of following certain rituals. Mm. It is you're not understanding who you are. Mm. Mm. But when you understand who you are, what were rituals now become processes of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Turn around. Let's go back to that, uh, that same what we're talking yes. about here. Yeah. That there are places where you'll be told, do this, give this so that you can be blessed, so that you yes. can access yes. material blessings. Yes. What do you say at TCC? Yeah. Go back to your father. Thank In you. your father is your inheritance. Exactly. Your just con reconnection with your father will result in material increase. Yes. But material increase is not what you go after. But the minute you connect, Automa it's almost like you, you can use the word automatically yes. you will increase in the natural. Yes. Problem is when now our focus is in the natural, not mm. in the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. The slave mm -hmm. gives to get. Okay. Okay. The master gets to give. Oh. Mm. Yes. That's the correct order. Yes. You're seeing two actions of giving. Mm -hmm. One action is a slave action. One action is a son action. I will bless you. God is talking to us. And brother. you, and will, be you will be a blessing. Wow. That's the powerful. power of that completely changes everything. Mm. So, please understand that this Galatians 4 7 is basically ending by saying if you fully access this reality of being a son and being the inheritor of all, mm -hmm. not only will your understanding 
be reinstated, yeah. but your actual status will be reinstated. Mm. Mm. You will be functional in the order. Let's take a picture of the prodigal son here. When he returns, let's not discuss all his history. When he returns, a strange thing happens. The first connection is his father. Yes. He first not comes the, to not his the father. facility, mm. not mm. the home, not the nothing. Home. His father. Oh, I know we have taught that. <laughs> we have a message on our YouTube channel where we talk about the prodigal son yes. in the parables of Jesus. Yes. But when you look at the father yes. and the son, he first go to the father, not the house. First. Not the, the father. Not the home. Mm. And, he, and remember what he said, I will return in my father's house. That is his picture. Mm. He's still thinking like a slave. Mm. Even the servants live well, still thinking like a slave. Yes. I will return and be a servant. Do you see the problems? Mm -hmm. When he shows up, what does God do? Turn around. Mm. First he meets the father. The father returns his identity before he gives him anything. Mm. Puts a robe on him. Restores puts him. Puts a ring on his finger. Yes. Sacrifices sandals. something, puts sandals. Once he's restored, he says, now let's go to things. Mm. Now let's slaughter. Now let's... Do you see the principle? And your inheritance is still intact. Exactly. The first thing he, he did was yes. to meet the father. That's, That's so it. powerful. That's the that key. when he returned home, yes. the father was out meeting. Not, he did not enter the house. No, 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 no. no, no. no. Meet the, the father. father. Outside. That's the most important. That's the most important. Meeting your father. Yes. And the minute you meet your father, exactly. the one thing he does on the spot gives you identity. That's because it. Because that's what you lost. When you talk yes. about man fell, is he fell from his identity. Yes. He fell from a place where he could identify himself with God. Mm -hmm. Now he came to another place where he's running away from God. Yes. Yet God is the one who gave him an identity. And you know, it's so funny that mm. the, the parable starts by saying, give me my inheritance. Yes. Which is really silly, because when he comes back, he discovers the truth. The inheritance is connected to the father, not disconnected from him. The minute he was reconnected, he had access again. So what did the father say to the other son? Mm -hmm. He said, was it not all yours? All now the time. kingdom inheritance is the only inheritance where the father is still alive and we have inherited. Mm. It, does that also tell us the, the, the story of the prodigal son? Yes. That the minute we get our inheritance, because yeah. that's where we are, yeah. when you talk about entering the land, occupying the land, mm. and we get our inheritance, mm. if we walk away from the father, we are walking straight into the pigsty. Yes, that's how you lose your inheritance. Mm. Mm. You don't lose your inheritance because of what we think. We yeah. lose it because we disconnect from the source. Mm. The vine, mm. the fig tree. Yes. As long as you have the vine, the fig tree is there. Mm. Listen, Melchizedek meets Abraham and says the same thing. Blessed be the God of heaven and earth. earth. And blessed be Abraham of God. the God of, of heaven and earth. Mm -hmm. He's his God. So he remains his God, heaven and, and earth, earth, and he has given you victory. That means your connection to him manifested in a physical victory. victory. Yes, powerful vine and fig tree. Yes. Now let's talk about... Um, Hebrews 11. Yes. Now, we want to look at actually Hebrews 12. Hebrews 11, I know is our heroes of faith. Yes. Hebrews 12, that's where we want to go. And the reason is, if you read heroes of faith, you will see all the big things we talk about. But here is an issue. Where is the connection between these guys and us? Mm -hmm. How are we connected to them? How do we know that they were going towards an inheritance and we were able to get that inheritance. And you're right, we have to begin in Hebrews 11 first to look at who they were. Then we go to Hebrews 
12, where we now look at where we are connected mm. to them. Where so, they were, yes. where we are. Yeah, what were they after? Because we've looked at Abraham, mm -hmm. all right? Please follow the story. We began with Abraham and okay. what God said to him. Then we came down to all his sons and what God said to them. And we've seen a manifestation of that. But we're now in Hebrews where they are dead. We've just come from Paul who connects Abraham to us. Now, by the time we're looking at Hebrews, we have to see what was Abraham looking for and how does that connect to us? Mm. What was his understanding mm. of the promise? When you read these yeah. scriptures, yeah. of course, always go back. Yeah. Always go back and read and ask yourself in between. Right now, we will concentrate on the topics that are in context with yes. what we are talking about today. Yep. But these are scriptures that are full of life. Oh, yes. Where when you read, you're like, stop. Oh, yes. yes, we were not talking about um, Abraham obeyed and did. Yes. You can go back and say, stop. What is obedience here? Exactly. What is obedience here? Yes. Because if I can get that obedience of Abraham, yes. then it means there are many things I will avoid uh -huh. in my journey yes so hebrews 11 yeah by faith That's abraham uh, obeyed when he was called to go out mm. to the place which he would receive an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going mm -hmm. that is key mm -hmm. by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with isaac and jacob the heirs with him of the same promise mm -hmm. for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Now, therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Now verse 13 is key. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things, declare plainly that they seek a homeland. Mm -hmm. Now truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come from, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Like you said, this scripture is so loaded, it is. but we have to stay strictly in context yes. so that we can unpack mm -hmm. some amazing things. Now begin to understand that we are beginning to put a connection between Abraham, the land, the promise, our inheritance, and our current Kairos, the eighth mountain. Mm. Don't lose track. Yeah. Because that's crucial. We are laying such a foundation that after this, we'll never need to go back to these issues because we clearly understand what they are saying. So we will take at some of the highlights of what is in this scripture that is important. Some we've already said before, some we need to pull out now. Yeah. So we know about Abraham obeying God. We know he was called out and he went to a land that he did not know. A land I will show you. So we've also talked that that means faith. It means when you begin this journey, God will take you to that. And then it says they dwelt in the land as in a foreign country. country. Yes. Unfortunately, this is another scripture people have talked to explain that they, they were intense because they wanted to go to heaven. Mm. People, they were intense because that is what houses looked like then. Mm. Can we settle? <laughs> 
dwelling if there were skyscrapers they would have dwelt in skyscrapers mm. Mm. stop thinking today and tents today and looking at tents as temporary shelters mm. in fact the bible metaphor for tent is not temporary shelter mm-hmm. the bible metaphor for tent is mentalities where your mind shifts to the next level mm. So dwelling in tents is about growing yes. in knowledge. The same way, yes. when you talk of the tent, yes. and you talk about folding the tent, yes. like you're dwelling in tents with yes. Isaac and Jacob, yes. we're talking about if they needed to move, they fold. Exactly. What does that tell you? Yes. In the spirit, um, Psalms 84, yes. that blessed is the man who's, uh, who is always on a journey, migration. pilgrimage, yes. migration, yes. moving from this point to the yes. left. That's a blessed man. Exactly. Now that's the picture here. When you yes. talk about them dwelling in tents, yes. their mentality were not stuck. Exactly. They were, they were open to the things of open. God yes. and they were heirs of the promise. Remember they are in the land, but they dwelt in it as in a foreign country. Yes. I will be explaining that later. Mm-hmm. It didn't mean they were waiting to escape. Alright? For he waited for the city mm. whose foundations whose maker and builder is God. God. So he was looking for a city. He wasn't looking for heaven. Mm. When he dwelt in that nation, he was looking for what? A city. Now, I know, again, you can go off a tangent here and think that city is heaven. We will see. (laughs) Now, it skips to Sarah, by faith also received strength, conceived, we know, she judged he who promised. Mm. Therefore, from one man, verse 12, crucial, as good as dead were born, as many as the stars of the the sky sky. in multitude. We are back to the issue of who are the sons of Abraham? Mm -hmm. The nations. Yes. Okay? So it's just a reminder of who they are talking about, lest you get confused. This all died in faith, not having received the promises. Mm. What do you mean? They were dwelling in the land. They were looking for a city. city. Whose builder and maker is God. Yes. Yet, they did not... Do what? Receive the promise. Means the ultimate thing God was designing is not complete. Hmm. Okay? But they saw them afar off. I always say this regularly. You've heard me before. They didn't see them from far. They saw them afar off. Hmm. It's a big difference. When you see something afar off, you've seen it completely. Hmm. But you've known it's not in your time. That's why the Bible talks about they were assured of them. They were assured. They, they saw. embraced. They, they confessed. Yes. If you met Adam, Abraham, Abraham before he died, he would have told you, there's a community coming in oh, the earth, my friend. Oh, yes. That community <laughs> is amazing. So, then it says something very weird here in verse 14. They were assured, right? Mm-hmm. Then he quotes, For those who say such things, declare plainly that they seek a homeland. Mm-hmm. Declare plainly that they seek a homeland. A homeland, not that they are going to. Mm-hmm. They seek a homeland. Here, yes. on earth. And truly, if they had called to mind the country physical, from which they had come, they would have had opportunity to return, physical place. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly, heavenly. country. Please notice. A heavenly country, country, not heaven. So they did not desire heaven. No. They desired a heavenly country, country. a country that has the patterns of heaven Thank in you. the earth. That we earth. want to see heaven on earth. Thank you. We want to see the principles of God. Who is in the heavenly functioning in the earth? Exactly. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be, to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Here is the problem. They are still looking for a city they have not entered, mm. but they are in heaven. Mm. Is Hebrews confused? It should say, they arrived. Mm. 
They finally arrived. It says they are not complete. Mm -hmm. They did not enter. They are not. Yet they are in heaven. Hmm. So what did they not enter? That's a big question to ask because he should have said, and they rested in that city and we are all going to and that are, city. And we are going to find them there. And they are happy. It says these guys did not complete. Hmm. Now, let's read on into a very interesting description. Because this, if you have time, go back and you will look at the, 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 some of the discussions in those scriptures we've left where it says, for they without us could not enter. That's interesting. They're in heaven. Are they waiting for us? So then they can enter heaven. No. There's a land here. There's a, something to be completed <laughs> that they gave us the template. Mm. They gave us the overview, the design. They prepared us. They gave us the prophetic words. Mm. That's why Isaiah told us about it. That's mm. why Micah told us about it. They prepared us because God knew, listen, this thing can't be built until Christ comes. Mm. And when Christ comes, he will give you the final template. And then a community in the earth will build it. Christ won't build it. Mm. You will build it. Mm. Mm. Now, I want us to move to Hebrews 12. And in Hebrews 12, the writer is now telling us what is being built, what we have come to. Mm. What so is this about whole the, journey? The description of this land yes, or this city. This city. Okay. The city they were looking for. Mm. What is the description of that city? Mm. Hebrews 12, 22, 28. But you have come to Mount Zion mm -hmm. and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to a numerable company of angels, to the general assembly, and to the church or ecclesia of the firstborn, who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who speaks, for if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice when shook, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. For this, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are been shaken as of things that are made that the things which cannot be shaken may remain therefore since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken let us have grace by which we have we, we may serve god acceptably acceptably with reverence and godly fear one scripture that culminates just about everything we have taught so far and builds all the pieces together and tell you the ultimate intent of God. Let me tell you where you are going, the journey, where you have arrived at. It says, but for you have come to Mount Zion. That's where you have come to. Not heaven. Mount Zion. And here are the key words, Mount Zion. Let's go back to where we started this story. Let's talk of Isaiah. Let's talk of, of Micah. They said out of Zion shall come the, the law. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house. house. So that shall mountain is called Mount Zion. Zion. So you've come to this mountain. You've arrived Thank you. here. To Mount Zion. Okay. That Mount Zion is called the city of the living God. The one that we're looking for. Mm. 
So you've come to Mount Zion. Yes. You've come to the city of the living God. Yes. Notice now you're being given different names of the same place same that you have come place. to. So when you can say, I have come to the city yes. of the living God. Yes. I have come to Mount Zion. Yes. I have arrived. Yes. This is where you are. In other words, the words, the keywords mm. we're about to give you are the templates for interpreting who we are. Yes. Every time these terms are used, then you know who is being discussed. Mm. You have come to heavenly Jerusalem. Yes. Not heaven and not physical Jerusalem. Mm. Mm. <laughs> heavenly Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Uh, uh, Abraham looked for a city whose maker and builder, and builder is God. Mm. That city is called heavenly, heavenly Jerusalem. Jacob told us, surely this is the house, house. of the Lord. Mm. They shall come to the city. Let us go to the city and let us tell, tell them to teach us. His ways. Are you seeing all the templates coming so together? So when you talk about you've come to Mount yes. Zion, yes. you've come to the city of the living God. Uh -huh. You've come to heavenly Jerusalem. Yes. Heavenly Jerusalem. And I yes. think that particular one is very good what you have said. Yes. We've not come to heaven, yes. neither have we come to natural Jerusalem. Yes. It is a place called heavenly Jerusalem. Yes. Are people called And then the it, city it, of it says a company of, of angels. Hmm. Listen, not winged beings. <laughs> <laughs> a company of sent ones. Angel means messenger. Sent ones, people with assignment to the general assembly of the ecclesia. If you check the word there in the Hebrew, it's ecclesia. So church, move that word. Look at ecclesia. Now talk about general assembly. What yes. does that general assembly? Because otherwise you yes. don't start a church called... Yeah. The term assembly is a military term. It means orderly or arrangement according to rank and function. Mm. Mm. So this place we are coming to, remember yes. when you talk about Mount Zion is a yes. people, the city of the living God is a people, the heavenly yes. Jerusalem is a people, but yes. these people, general assembly, orderly arrangement of, these people have an orderly arrangement. Yes, in, in functionality. Rank. Everybody mm. has a post position within the city. Mm. Everybody we has an random. operational system. We are not random. No. <laughs> To, there's a, there's yes, order in this yes. place. Then it says something funny. Mm. For those registered in heaven, not living in heaven. Say again. <laughs> registered in heaven. The Lamb's Book of Life is not something that will be opened in Judgment Day to check you out. The Lamb's Book of Life is the structural orderly arrangement of a kingdom community functioning in the earth. Mm. Functioning in the earth is the key word. When you're registered, it means your resources are in play. Mm-hmm. Everything you require is in a play. Your functioning position is... In other words, that orderly arrangement has a register mm. in heaven. And when you talk about this ecclesia that are registered in yes. heaven, it means heaven knows you. You are recognized. You are recognized. You are in the authorized. database of God. Yes. When God talks about people who are doing something in the earth yes. on my behalf, exactly. you are registered in his books. Yes, you are authorized oh, to do what you are doing. You are authorized. Let me read that again. Yes. To the general assembly mm -hmm. and to the ecclesia mm. of the firstborn mm -hmm. who are registered in heaven. There you go. Mm. You the are registered firstborn. in heaven. Can you imagine having understanding yes. that I'm registered in heaven? The yes. confidence it will give you in whatever you're doing. Exactly. And what is usually the term firstborn? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The term firstborn is priority of inheritance. Mm. That's all it means. Yes. The firstborn has the blessing. Did you see it with Jacob and his sons? Yes. He blessed mm. Isaac. Yes. yes. Because the principle is blessing. Firstborn gets the blessing. So, no, um, Reuben. 
Jacob to Reuben. No, no. I'm talking, oh, sorry. I'm talking about <laughs> Isaac, where Bless Jacob him. was. Yeah, he's so messed up. He lost the firstborn yes, blessing. Yes. It was given to Jacob. Now, what happens strangely with Jacob? He did not give Reuben the firstborn blessing. Mm. It's interesting because firstborn blessing has to do with orderly arrangement. arrangement. Same thing and happened with about, Jacob. Uh, yes. Orderly arrangement, arrangement, not biological. Mm. Now, why is that a metaphor? Mm. Because Israel is the firstborn by biological order. Mm. Mm. The church, Ecclesia, is the firstborn by orderly arrangement. arrangement. Say that again. Especially when it comes to the... That's why it's Jacob. hidden in scripture. Yes. That's why there's an Ishmael. Mm. Mm. He's the physical firstborn. But who but gets a blessing? Isaac. Why orderly arrangement? Esau is the firstborn. Mm. And they are twins. Firstborn by a minute. It doesn't matter. <laughs> orderly arrangement. Mm. Reuben is the firstborn. Mm. Orderly arrangement. arrangement. Israel, physical, is the firstborn of Abraham. Mm. Mm. The church, spiritual. Orderly arrangement. arrangement. That's how the firstborn And there is a statement we make that God always takes the second to establish what he's doing. Yes. And when you talk of orderly arrangement, yep. that's what you've just described. Yeah. That when you come to um, the Bible, you will always see the second being established. Exactly. The second being established. Yep. You know, it's all a through. Right through. It's a pattern. The, the first always comes and acts by man's logic. Mm. That's why Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father. Mm. That's a principle. Philosophies of man in Christ. Mm. Man always tries to push the agenda since the fall. Yes. But God steps in and corrects things. That's how it works. Culture and tradition, firstborn, by culture and tradition. Mm -hmm. But by spiritual arrangement, firstborn. Mm. You see how the order works? Yeah. That's a pattern. So, so we, this is, we, we are, another time we are what? Registered in heaven, heaven as the powerful. firstborn. Mm. And again, let me say this about the firstborn. Yeah. When there is inheritance and the mm. father is given inheritance, we're talking mm. about now the biblical days, mm. they would take the land, yeah. divide it into two. Yes. One half is given to the firstborn. Yes. And the other half is given to the they rest. They share the rest. They share mm. the rest. Yep. And why was that? Because the firstborn also had the responsibility to of taking over the father's position yes. when the father is gone. Yeah. Okay? He wasn't preferred. He was given um, responsibility. Yes. That's a principle. Okay. So then he talks about the principle of a shaking. Mm -hmm. He who speaks from heaven will shake both realms. Yes. Meaning, when God has positioned this community, mm -hmm. his way of moving things around is shaking the heavens and the earth. Now, shaking the heavens and the earth is interesting because the shaking of heaven has nothing to do with what you think. Mm. The shaking of heaven is changing the spiritual order of things. Yes. When certain spirits have been in charge for a while and running things in the earth, God shows up in that realm and shifts them out of the way. Mm, mm. And it manifests as shaking in, in the, earth. the earth. Changing of governments. And I like changing of say, political yes. structures. Changing of economies. Mm. Changing of what? That's what happens. And why is all that happening? Because of the next step. The removal of the things, things. that can't be shaken. Mm. Removal. And removal here means completely gone. Out. Listen to this statement carefully. Yeah. God is removing things that can be shaken, not mm. us. Mm. 
things that can be shaken. We are not the we ones a, that are exiting. We have a teaching here. Yes. In uh, when you talked about the new epoch, and yes. you said that God has um, spoken, yes. and the speaking has shaken the heavens and the earth. Yes. We saw the manifestation oh, in yes. the earth. And here in the earth, we might come and say there is COVID. Absolutely. There is this, it was an end of an era yes. and a beginning of a new. It was like God saying, in my timeline, I'm doing... I'm, I've done, I'm done with this, and I'm yes. starting another. Yes. But in his speaking, in the earth, we can give an explanation. Oh, yes. This happened, and there's this that happened, and this came, no. and now we have COVID. In the heavenly God says, when I speak, things happen. But in the earth, we try to have an explanation in a, of what is in happening. In simple terms, yeah? when an earthquake happens, mm -hmm. we do not know the source or how it works. It's a rumbling. It's like a voice from heaven. Right? Mm -hmm. But we can see the things that get shaken and the oh, things that yes. stay. Yep. And we can describe them. Mm. We can say, you know, the earthquake came. This, this building happened, fell. Yes. But this stone stood. Mm. Mm. That's a principle. Yes. So it says, not only can they be shaken, but they will be removed. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Mm. So there are certain concepts, ideas, functional things that have been in the earth that we will not see. Mm. They will be removed. But why are they being removed? Mm. Because we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. shaken. So the shaking is for the what? For the emergence of the kingdom. Mm. And this kingdom cannot be shaken. Cannot be shaken. So if you want to have, uh, if you want to say, listen, things are happening yes. in the earth. The only sure place to be is in the kingdom. Yes. That's the place that cannot be shaken. Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the whole idea that yes. we are now getting in this whole context, and that's why we needed to to bring us to this full understanding so that as we begin now the journey into, into the land and functioning in the land, into occupying the land and the eighth mountain, we are trying to avoid coming to have to answer all the questions that we've dealt with. Because those yes. are the questions that normally arise mm -hmm. in what we are going to teach next. So kind of we went behind the scenes and gave you the overview, the template, the structure, the picture, so that you don't have to go back and say, um, what about, what about, no, 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 we've given you this. This is going to be like your, your foundational structure with all the details and the templates mm. that many times we'll be referring to and you know where to go and look. Oh, yes. All right? So the picture here is that the eighth mountain is the manifestation of the city, is the manifestation, the outcome, the fullness of operating because you are in the land. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to get into semantics that there are many different things. There are many pictures that form one picture. So that when we start talking about this is the season of the eighth mountain and the seven mountains, you can go back and say philosophy, seven mm -hmm. mountains. This, seven mountains. Yes. But this, eighth mountain. Inheritance, eighth mountain. The law, eighth mm -hmm. mountain. So eighth mountain, listen, is not from scripture. It is our description. Of what is happening now. Of what is happening now. Of the Mount Zion that you're talking yes. about. Yes. We are giving it a description in a context that we can interpret and function accurately. Mm. And mm. eight is always the number of a new beginning. Yes. You know, when God is doing something in the yes. heavens, he'll always allow men in the earth to coin words yes. that capture what God is trying to say. So when you talk about the eighth mountain, is yes. a word that is capturing what we're trying to understand that, wait, there's a people that are arising, yes. but these people, you cannot keep calling them people. Give them uh -huh. a word that will capture a yes. lot. You know, when you say the eighth mountain, it's not just eight and mountain. Yes. No, inside of that, you get principles. Yeah, you get that stories. these are the people who are registered in heaven. Yes. These are the people who are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Yep. These are the people who are Mount Zion from who? 
whose mouth the comes law the law. Comes. Look at this. So when you say the eighth mountain, you're just describing there's a lot inside of that mountain yes. that exp explains who we are yes. and how we ought to be exactly. in this season. And because we are going to be using a lot of very practical statements, mm -hmm. very specific things, it is almost if you have a religious mindset, you might think we have gone secular. <laughs> and that's why we have to give you this foundation yes. to know that it's coming from a spiritual foundation. Mm. Because we're going to be very, very specific and in very practical terms, things that are happening in 2022 yes. that you need to engage with, that if you've been schooled in the philosophies of men, mm -hmm. if you've been schooled in tradition or in religion, you might say, now this is not kingdom anymore. Oh, yes. They are they're worldly. Mm. But here's the foundation. When you talk of the eighth mountain. Yes, when you understand that, everything we're going to say next is going to make clear sense to you and is going to give you specific instructions with which you can walk in a material, practical way mm. in what God is intending. So this means that this particular episode, mm. these two episodes, yes. gives you the foundation of when you talk about occupy the land, yes. entering the land, thriving in the land. And of course, what more can we say? Yep. May you be found sitting under your vine mm -hmm. and may you be found sitting under your fig tree. Yes. And in that position... Keep it kingdom. Keep it, Keep pure. it pure. God, God bless. bless you.